Welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I'm your host, Pyle Berry. With over a decade of a blended experience in clinical psychology and global leadership development, I've dedicated my career and life purpose to empower women to believe I deserve a seat at the table and it's about damn time. But how do you create synergy between who you are and how you lead? On this podcast, we address that inner critic holding you back, release narratives that no longer serve you, and explore how to use your leadership platform to make an impact around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simply put, I cut out the bullshit. I'm here to share inspiration, practical tips, and have challenging conversations with other badass individuals who are shifting the narrative for all women. So let's stop apologizing for who we are and rise together as the unapologetic woman. Hey, everybody. So I have a question for each one of you. Does empathy really matter? We've been hearing it everywhere about, you know, more compassion, more empathy, more humanity. And in this past one year that we've been living in this global pandemic, it has become not just a fluff word, but is actually something people are craving, experiencing, and wanting. And, you know, knowing that we've now lived in a global pandemic for a full one year, I wonder if this was really one of the tests by the universe. And what I mean by that, and this is part, you know, me being sarcastic right now, is that I really wonder if this was a social experiment done by the universe saying, and and it is a researcher's dream come true, to put us all in a global experience to measure, huh, I wonder how humans will show up under stress. I wonder what happens to our relationships. How are we reflecting on ourselves and what is the tolerance level of what humans can take and what they can't anymore? And feeling the impact of the decisions that are being made, some for us and some within our own control. And I was really wondering, you know, what is the universe collecting? What kind of data are they finding? And when I say the universe, you know, that's obviously to some degree a sarcasm, but I do, you know, I, I, consider myself spiritual. So I will talk about the higher powers of the universe. But really, when we think about this, I mean, even for a scientist, like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the first time that two people from completely opposite parts of the world can actually share an experience and know what it's like to go through something together. And I really wonder what they're finding. How many of us you know, test well under pressure? How does compassion show up when we're overwhelmed? Can we survive and do we come together or do we get torn apart as a society? And I feel like there's been definitely a lot of both, but what is this all about? What is the universe? What are the scientists? What are the researchers? What is everything that's being collected that we want to know? And what it really is, is really identifying how important emotional intelligence is to the way that we lead through difficult situations. That emotional intelligence that once is considered a soft skill, you know, so if I define emotional intelligence for you, it's 
really the core skill that all other social skills are built on. So this is the, how do we have the awareness to recognize the way that we see ourselves, our self-regard, the way we experience our narrative that's written within us? How do we communicate then with the world? What do, how do we express ourselves? How do we share that and move through the world through the narrative and the identity that we've created And based on that, how do we create these relationships? Do we bring in assumptions or do we clarify them? Do we communicate with, you know, collaboration or are we more autonomous? And how do we manage stress levels? All of this falls under emotional intelligence. And empathy being a really core skill that all these other pieces really fall on because you know those who display empathy they actually take an active interest in things that are important to another person they are curious they want to know what are you experiencing give me some context help me understand and that is something that is celebrated as a leader because by having empathy and recognizing it you're actually able to then create a space for creating innovation, for collaborating, for having transparency and a safe space that if somebody comes to you with an idea or a challenge they may be going through, that they can do it in a way that is going to be accepted and not, you know, the fear of being reprimanded, the fear of sounding quote unquote stupid, which are those ideas that go through our head because we want to continuously impress our leaders. But when we look at empathy as it's not a weakness, it's actually a really good thing. And in fact, you know, it is considered to be a sign of intelligence when someone has a heightened level of empathy. So all of you out there who are worried that you have way too much empathy and it's a detriment to being a good leader... I'm going to challenge you on that because having empathy is not a weakness. It's actually one of the greatest strengths. And what it is, is actually a social construct that we have been living in for so long that places minimal value on core skills such as emotional intelligence. So why? Why is that? And, you know, if we think about it, when we live in a capitalistic society, which what defines capitalism? being a, you know, promoting self-starter, being self-interest, self-promotion. It promotes the idea that you're in it for yourself. So of course, even though collaboration is encouraged, it can create tension. When, you know, for centuries, women have also been told to keep quiet, say yes, expressing and having the innate qualities of an emotional intelligent person feels out of place, especially in a capitalistic type of environment. So, I want to ask, you know, to think about this for a minute. When you're working and you're in an organization, or even if you have your own company that you're running, what is important? Of course, meeting bottom line. What else is important? Having people that can technically perform really well, whether that is, you know, as a trainer, whether that's an engineer, whether that's a computer software developer, an app developer, whatever it may be. Of course, one of the most important pieces is, can this person even perform at their job? But what comes beyond that? 
When you have someone who can technically perform, which is great, but when you put them in a position where they are now having to lead a team, they're not only having to lead people by, you know, delegating tasks, but they're also taking on the responsibility of growth of this person's career, the livelihood that they are going to receive because of working here, the challenges they may be coming across, the communication and making sure that there is clarity in the way that they're functioning, they're feeling empowered, all of this falls onto a leader's shoulders. And so unlike your IQ, which is tested at a young age and fixed, which can also, to be honest, be very biased based off of the education you receive and the environment your upbringing can play a large part of it, but we can save that IQ talk for another day. <laughs> right now, let's just focus on EQ. So emotional intelligence is something that can actually be developed. And that's what I love about it is that when we can distinguish the difference between when we work in an environment where our boss has been demeaning or dismissed you, broken your confidence, minimized your value. I mean, all of these things are not because you're not technically good at what you do. It's because sometimes the leader just doesn't have the language or the awareness to know how to communicate with you, really recognize what is it that your specific needs are and how do I show up for you? All of that is what requires a heightened awareness of emotional intelligence. That is why I say that emotional intelligence is a core skill and it's just as important as it is technical skills. How many of you have heard that people leave their managers, they don't leave organizations. And how many of you have experienced that? And how many of you who have started your own companies have felt that I don't want to be that boss? We've all had that boss. How many of us don't want to be that boss who created havoc for us, who literally led us to saying, this is it, I'm done with corporate, or who helped you make the move so that you are at an organization where you are more valued. And so what is it that you're more valued for? It's not just the fact that you are performing well technically, but it's because you are being recognized for it. And that recognition is again, tied back to emotional intelligence. Now, here's the thing. I know there are so many personality assessments out there and every couple of years, a new one emerges as the hot item right now. That's the Enneagram and you know, there's Myers-Briggs, there's Hogan's, there's so many. And this is the way that I see personality assessments versus the emotional intelligence assessments. They all have their place. There's a reason why Enneagram is wonderful. And again, this will be a discussion for another day about, you know, even the, the misconceptions and the use of assessments and the way that they are put out there versus how they should be used. But again, side conversation, we'll, we'll save that for another episode. I wanted to go into what it is that's so beautiful about the emotional intelligence is that it's something that measures you for where you are today. A personality assessment looks at, okay, this is who you are and this is what you do. So from that lens now, you're going to continue to carry on the fact of, okay, I am, you know, in Myers-Briggs language, I'm an ENFP or in an Enneagram language, I am an eight wing seven. So now my brain is going to see and filter things out that don't associate with that. And I'm going to see everything from the lens of an ENFP or an eight wing seven. And what's going to happen is when I find out what somebody else is, if they are an INSJ or an ENFJ or whatever, I'm going to then communicate with them in that way without realizing that maybe there's more context and layers to this person. 
Now, of course, it is a really great tool in terms of really identifying how do I communicate with someone, but with what we really want to focus on is the internal self and how do we grow? And that's where the emotional intelligence assessment and working on your emotional intelligence in general really helps to look at, this is just a snapshot of where you are today, right now. And how are you using your emotional intelligence to set better boundaries, to have more effective conversations, to make better decisions, to communicate without guilt, to celebrate your wins and not feel like it's bragging? How do you gain respect from others and manage your stress in high crisis moments? And how do you build relationships without the fear of what it means? So all of this is in the sphere of what it means to look at your self-awareness and look at where you are today, but knowing that this isn't fixed, this isn't that, oh, this is where you measure today and this is how you will be forever. No, actually with emotional intelligence and what's beautiful about it is that you, as you become more aware, as you become more conscious of the way that you are interacting with the external world and how you see yourself, which is the mindset piece, then you're able to grow. And that's what I think is so beautiful about the emotional intelligence and focusing on this as a core skill is because it allows for a growth mindset. It allows you to see that I am not going to be stuck here and it's not that, well, this is just how it is. It's actually quite the opposite. It's showing you, this is where I am today, but tomorrow I can grow into something more. And that gives empowerment and gives you control in knowing that there's so much more to who I am today. So this is, to be honest, exactly what I do with my clients in my VIP EQI days. And the transformation that they feel is just incredible. And it's just an incredible experience to see that, you know, when they go through, so there's an emotional intelligence assessment, which is about 15, 20 minutes to take. And on the day with my clients, what I do is we sit down for about 90 minutes and we dig into what showed up for this. Where are you today? How are you handling external experiences, the guilt of setting boundaries. How do you talk about yourself? What's your positive or negative self-talk? What's coming in the way? And, you know, really understanding from the different parts of the subskills, like, you know, if we have higher empathy and we have lower autonomy, what does that really mean? You know, really understanding that how are these pieces working together to help me function as a strong leader. So after that, you know, we create this customized plan on how you're going to take what you just learned about yourself and work on it subtly. And as you work on it subtly, and that's what I really, really like to emphasize is that when you take on something really big, it can overwhelm you, especially if it's really new. So you're going to revert back easily into some of those habits and behaviors that were not really supporting you. So by focusing instead on the uh, making subtle changes and making small changes, it will have a bigger effect and a more domino type of an effect and impact on all these other pieces in your life. 
So, you know, just the other day I had a client tell me about how just doing those subtle shifts that I told her to do and she started practicing it daily. Not only has she gone from being really nervous about speaking up and feeling anxious, but she actually shifted the relationship with her team, how she has learned to not personalize the experience of when someone who with a strong personality may speak up and what that does for her and her own narrative. And in fact, by making these subtle changes, not only has it shifted the way that her work sees her, but even her relationship with her kids and her husband. In fact, she told me that, you know, her husband has said to her that, wow, you know, thank you. You've been so clear in how you feel. And now I don't have to second guess, or I don't have to wonder or doubt what's really going through your mind. And you're able to articulate yourself in a way that I'd never heard you before. And they found appreciation in a, in a completely different way. And they've been married for quite some time. And she's been recognized by her boss and other leaders to the point where she's being asked to speak in front of 800 people a month to empower them. I mean, this is literally just, you know, only after a few short sessions and over the course of the last three, four months, did she come back and tell me this? And I was just so excited for her. And it's just, it's so heartwarming for any coach, for any person to see that, you know, making those subtle changes and really empowering themselves, how much power they have then to empower others and how they're using that platform to rise. And what the thing is that she took the initiative to learn where her blind spots are and work with her strengths. And when we customized that plan for her, she implemented it and found results that she otherwise would have never found. She would have stayed in that same pattern and continued to wonder what is it and blaming herself for it. So when I hear that I don't have time for empathy and I'm really busy and I just can't show up and sit here for 30 minutes talking about feelings, or I hear like I have so much empathy that I get guilted into making decisions that aren't actually beneficial. Well, the reality is that it's not actually an empathy issue. That's the perception. What's really going on is that there's a boundary issue. It's a decision-making concern. Empathy is an approach to how we communicate. It's a way we take into consideration why someone may be behaving in a certain way without personalizing it, but it has no barrier in being assertive. And that's exactly what we uncover when we do the EQI assessment, the emotional intelligence assessment. We find the root issue so it doesn't become this overarching theme that shows up everywhere you go. You know, empathy is an approach to how we interact, how we speak to others, how we take into consideration, you know, complex scenarios and circumstances. And regardless if you have 15 minutes or the entire day, the way you show up and the words you choose, the actions you take are all signs of empathy and emotional intelligence. So the key traits that a leader can learn to show and increase empathy, the thing is there are particular skills that you, that you can learn which include developing greater curiosity, active listening, and not passing judgment. But how do you do that? Your job is to inspire, but your job is also to actively listen. You find the gaps so you can ask smarter questions. To begin developing a greater curiosity of others, it's easier to experience empathy when there's a deep understanding of who the person is and what they're going through. 
So when an individual shows interest in learning about another, an investment is shown and shared. Now that person is going to be open and their walls are going to go down. So they're going to be more willing to also take in that feedback and have that conversation with you. So let me give you an example of how empathy is an approach to leadership and not just a skill. Last year, Airbnb had to make some really serious decisions about letting go of 50% of their employee base. And can you imagine how tough that is as a business leader? I mean, Airbnb was created out of a completely different economic crisis that happened back in 2008. And 2020 completely could have closed it out, bankrupted it, and had it just disappear. They had to make some very difficult decisions, like laying off half of their employment staff. What did the leader do? How did he invoke empathy and use that as an approach to still make difficult decisions? He wrote an open letter to all of his employees explaining why, giving the context in the situation, letting them know how tough this is for him and what he's going to do for them. So he still was able to follow through with making a difficult decision, but in that, his approach, the way that he communicated it, it was done in a firm way, but with a lot of empathy. He was being very transparent with how difficult this was for him, what and every single other idea and way that he tried to come up with in order to not have this be the first solution. So when leaders show interest and are invested in their teams with willingness to help, that's what creates an environment where people will see Airbnb now as a place of, they had to make a difficult decision and we understand, and that must've been really tough. And out of the pandemic, we are going to remember leaders like that. We're also going to remember leaders who ran havoc on their employees, where they found out the day of maybe through Twitter or maybe through a company release. They found out through a email. They were not even privy to having a conversation about what that means. That is another emotion. So what are we dealing with here? We're not just dealing with the actual decisions that are being made. We're dealing with the impact that it has on human beings. And all of that underneath is emotional intelligence. It's the core of how do we deal with people and how do we have humanity and compassion for the way that we approach situations. And I found in the research that I've done that over 60% of leaders who have had a coach dealt with issues rooted in the lack of empathy. They were blocked by it from connecting and building relationships with others And to recognize that actually having empathy and having emotional intelligence in this space can help you make better decisions because what it does is it adds layers of complexities that you may have not been privy to otherwise, but by having that curiosity, you're learning about situations and that can inform your decisions. Now, those who feel that, well, I have too much empathy and it in fact creates bias in the way that I make my decisions. Well, that is also another form of, is it empathy or is it a lack of boundary setting? Is it a recognizing what type of empathy is coming up for me? What emotion is coming up and how do I recognize that 
empathy is here and I'm feeling that, you know, I understand what this other person feels, but I'm not going to jump impulsively into making an action step right in the moment that I haven't thought through. And how do we actually change the language and narrative in our way of thinking so that we don't continue to behave in this way where we are feeling stuck? So where we also see that empathy is our weakness, and in fact, we reframe it to seeing that, no, empathy is a core skill. This is really great that I actually have it, that I can harness this. But how do I make sure that I know when to tap back and when to lean in and when to scale back? All of this is covered in the EQI VIP days that I do with my clients. And it's such an incredible experience because it really helps them see and normalize their experience and see that there is a solution to this, that this isn't just the only way to be and the only way to lead, that their strengths and the way that they are moving through leadership is okay. They just need to make a few tweaks here and there and how you make those adjustments that can really make you into an impactful and effective leader. And that is one of the most incredible experiences and transformations that any coach can have that I have. And so when I do these EQI VIP days where I spend about three to four hours with each of my clients and we really go into and unpack what's happening and we really look at the root of it and not just what's happening at the surface layer. And we can take that root of it and we create a customized plan so that they have actual language now. They have activities, they have behavioral shifts that are happening. And with my continued support that I give them and, you know, my guidance, they are actually making shifts that happen within, you know, a short amount of time and they're thriving. And more than the fact that they're thriving, what I continue to hear is someone coming back to me and saying, Pyle, because I worked on this and because I finally recognize and I'm aware of how I'm using my core skills as a leader, my team is happier. I'm not facing as much retention issues. I'm not having a challenge with creating team meetings where we're really being productive, that we're getting out of it more than we've ever gotten before, that they feel comfortable with setting boundaries and not feeling guilty about it because they're empowering their team to actually do and function as how they're supposed to be and what they were hired for. So that is why I believe so strongly in empathy and emotional intelligence as being a core skill and a core part of what it means to be a leader. And this is where I feel that in the last year that we've been in this global pandemic, why emotional intelligence has now been written more as a narrative of a core skill versus a soft skill. It took a crisis like this and an incredibly traumatic, stressful situation that so many people, I mean, the entire world is experiencing in such different ways, but yet recognizing how compassion and empathy has played a really large role in companies still being able to support each other, the way leaders were able to pivot. So with that, what I'd like to leave you with and what I'd like to know from you is how have you been using your emotional intelligence to build a stronger relationship with your team, 
to make better decisions, to recognize how you are showing up as a leader and how you're nourishing yourself and giving yourself compassion because you've got to give compassion to yourself before you can have empathy for others and create accountability for both. Thanks for listening to The Unapologetic Woman. If you like what you heard today, then please subscribe so you'll get real-time updates when I post a new episode. And if you really believe that others should be hearing this, then leave a rating or review this episode so others can find it too. And if there's something you'd really love for me to cover or highlight, then head over to my Instagram account at Pileberry. DM me to let me know. I'm all ears. If you want free resources, practical tips, and inspirational stories that I share with my clients, visit pileberry.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get them all. Until then, take a moment to celebrate your journey, reflect, and be ready to embrace your next epiphany.